Joe Biden swears in for the presidency on the Book of Medora. So we'll talk a bit about what happened on the ceremony and everything else that came along with that. Lady Gaga wears a dress with a large pin that is reminiscent of the Hunger Games and all of the media lets her know about this. Antifa is currently busting out the Democratic headquarters in Portland because it's almost like they see the government as fascist. So we'll talk a bit about that. And Liz Cheney is getting primaried because Wyoming is not happy about what she voted for on the impeachment. I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Contemporary. My name is Jay Edgar. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to today. It was, uh, honestly, it was a fairly uneventful day, but there's still some stuff that's going on here. Some stuff we've got to watch, too, especially knowing the fact that I have cryptocurrency enthusiasts in the audience here. So we'll get to all of that. We'll talk about, you know, the swear to uphold, you know, the thing, man. Uh, and, and I, so help me, you know, that dude up there. Hey, Hunter, who is that dude? You said you saw him when you took your last acid trip. That dude, who is that guy? We'll talk about all of this and more. But before we get started, head on over to freedomscoop.com, folks. Freedomscoop.com is going to be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs, where we carry great shows such as The Generational Gap, The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The R-Rated Conservative, on a new um, outlet. That was the word I was looking for. He's on the same stream, just on a different outlet at this point. On a new outlet, go over there and check out the R-rated conservative on Trovo. I believe the Daily Ignoramus is over there as well. I am going to be over there. I'm going to look into that after work tonight, so see if I can get myself joined up into that and see if we can find another way to monetize this channel. So go over there and check them out. It's on the restream board, so we can just pop up in over there. I have not decided if I'm going to cut DLive yet. Because I know that every time you guys chat and I'm on DLive, you're generating cryptocurrency for the website. I don't like that. I don't think that's right, especially after what they did to all the rest of us creators. And I don't want to help them go ahead. But I know that a lot of you guys also like to use it. So we'll make the determination as to whether or not I go with that. But you can go check out Stephen Ignoramus and the Already Conservative over on Trovo. Go check them out over there. You can also check out the Freckles and Brit show. Come on over. Pick up some of our swag and help us support great creators. Well, we've got two graphs to look at here to start with. Number one is the Dow Jones. You knew that was going to happen. Hey, Biden's president, and we're all big banksters and big business people. And hey, Biden's getting all of our little, little competition up out of the way. And here we go on 31,188 for the day. That wasn't the peak. We peaked out at 31,221, but up 257.86 points or 0.83%. As far as Bitcoin goes, Bitcoin dropped off a little bit because there was a massive sell-off to Bitcoin yesterday. And we'll talk a bit about why there was a massive sell-off yesterday. But it appears that a couple billion dollars, what was it, the... $100 billion from the entire crypto market got uh, sold off over the last two days. So, yeah, they're out at this point. So, we'll talk just a bit about that because this one here in the middle, 
it's archived and it's right over there. So, and I know, like I said at the top of the show, we've got some crypto enthusiasts in here, so we definitely need to talk about that. All right, from IBD, how to screen the stock market for winners. Listen to this show because I tell you what's going on in the stock market every morning, but I'm not a financial advisor. I just give you all the facts and let you draw your own conclusions. Dow Jones futures signal fresh record highs, but stock market rally flashes this warning. Netflix leads six breakouts from Ed Carson. Dow Jones futures rose modestly early Thursday along with S&P 500 futures and NASDAQ futures. The stock market rally had a strong session as President Joe Biden was sworn in. With Netflix and other big cap, uh, big cap techs pushing the Dow Jones, NASDAQ and S&P 500 uh, record highs. Netflix stock surged on fourth quarter results while fellow FANG stock, Google parent Alphabet, also broke out. JD.com, Dynatrace, Teladoc Health, and Cadence Design System also cleared buy points on Wednesday. Apple stock and arguably Microsoft flashed early buy signals Wednesday, but looming earnings reports significantly raised the risks. While it's nice to see tech giants stirring, the Nasdaq already looks extended again. Apple stock and Microsoft are on the IBD leaderboard. Apple's also on Swing Trader. Microsoft stock is on the IBD long-term leaders. CDNS stock is on the IBD 50. On the futures, Dow Jones futures rose 0.2% versus fair value. S&P 500 futures advanced 0.2%. NASDAQ 100 futures climbed 0.5%. Bitcoin prices are down sharply below 33000 but still up in 2021. Remember... Overnight action in Dow futures and elsewhere doesn't necessarily translate into actual trading in the next regular stock market session. All right, I've got a brief counter here from Fox News as to what's going on in the markets, which is going to autoplay on me in just a second. Come on. No, nobody cares about you. And no, I'm not turning my ad blocker off for you. Fuck that. All right, apparently it's not going to autoplay. Stocks rallied to record highs Wednesday as President Joe Biden was sworn in on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 257 points, or 0.83%, while the S&P 500 rose 1.39%, and the Nasdaq Composite was higher by 1.97%. The advance catapulted all three of the major averages into record territory, adding to the market's strong performance during the four years of the Trump administration. The S&P 500 rallied 67% over Trump's tenure. The 13.73% annualized gain was the third best during his presidency, trailing the index's performance during the Clinton uh, plus 15.18% and Obama plus 13.84 presidencies. The Nasdaq, meanwhile, soared 138%, posting the best percentage gain under any president. A lot of tech in that one, too, and there was a lot of tech that blew up throughout the Trump presidency, not necessarily because of him, but some of the rollbacks on taxes made it easier for the small businesses to start up and compete too. We're not going to be seeing a lot of that coming up. In stocks, Netflix added 8.5 million paid subscriptions in the final three months of the year, bringing its total subscriber count to more than 200 million for the first time. The streaming giant reported revenue that exceeded Wall Street estimates while earnings fell short because... We were all locked in our homes for the last 11 months, and everybody's seen every fucking show on Netflix, except for me, because I went to fucking work every day. 
Morgan Stanley reported earnings and revenues that exceeded analysts' forecast, bolstered, uh, bolstered rather by strength in an investment banking, trading, and asset management. This followed a strong quarter from rival Goldman Sachs. United Health said quarterly profit fell 38% from a year ago as costs related to COVID-19 testing and treatments hurt its bottom line. <clears throat> but please give us more money, government. Big Daddy government, please give us more money. Meanwhile, Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine was found to be effective against the fast-spreading variant of the disease discovered in the UK during the final months of the last year. Imagine that! It looks like a possibility that the election could get overturned in the courts, so we've got to suddenly have this new, fast-acting variant that quickly spreads and it's new and the vaccine might not... Oh, hey, look! The inauguration's done. Hey, look! The vaccine works against it. Elsewhere, AMC Entertainment received $100 million in secured debt through a deal with Merdrick Capital, giving the movie theater chain more cash to weather the pandemic. Merdrick already held $100 million of AMC debt. So the airlines, the theaters, they're all going back and forth in debt. They're probably going to see a little bit of a sink at the beginning of the year, possibly going to come back up. Um, but uh, yeah, the big winners are the techs and Netflix. All right, let's talk about Bitcoin here because I found this interesting right as we were getting ready to start out. From Markets Insider, Janet Yellen suggests curtailing cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, saying they're mainly used for illegal financing. From Harry Robertson. Janet Yellen, President-elect Joe Biden's nominee for Treasury Secretary, it's now President, by the way, so this is probably right before suggested on Tuesday that lawmakers curtail the use of cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin over concerns that they are mainly used for illegal activities. There has been a surge in interest in Bitcoin. Its price has soared about 300% in the past year. Bitcoin was down 7.59% to 34,183.57 on Wednesday, while Ethereum was down 9.74% to 12,5997 after hitting an all-time high of more than 14.30 on Tuesday. Yellen's comments suggested that the incoming Biden administration could be hostile to cryptocurrencies and ramp up regulation. Watchdogs around the world, from the European Central Bank to the UK's financial regulator, have recently expressed concerns over cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Oi, mate, you, you got a license to be free like that? You got a license to, to buy whatever you want? Oi, mate, really? Sweet, no, no, we're going to make your cryptocurrency illegal, aren't we? Oi. Senator Maggie Hassan asked Yellen during her confirmation hearing on Tuesday about the dangers of terrorists using cryptocurrency. You're absolutely right, that technology to accomplish the change over time. We need to make sure that our methods for dealing with these matters with terrorist financing change along with changing technology, Yellen said. Cryptocurrencies are of a particular concern. I think many are used, at least in a transaction sense, mainly for illicit financing. No, a lot of it's for sports betting and drug dealing. And I think we really need to examine ways in which we can curtail their use and make sure that money laundering doesn't occur through those channels. Yellen's comments echoed those of ECB President Christine Lagarde, who said last week that Bitcoin had been used for some totally reprehensible money laundering activity. Many investors have expressed similar worries. Warren Buffett said last year that Bitcoin has been used to move around a fair amount of money illegally. 
He said investors should go short suitcases, as criminals would no longer need them to carry cash. There you go. The big investors, your Warren Buffetts, the big banks, they're going to turn around and make crypto illegal because you're taken away from their bottom line. See, if they control the money supply, they control you. But if a decentralized network controls the money supply, then who controls them? So just something interesting to see in the future here. It does look like Yellen could come out and say, hey, you know what? This is illegal. My currency is the only thing that's real. And all the rest of you can go and fuck yourself. And we're not even going to give you back what you invested in this. You just, your Bitcoin is gone. So we'll see what happens from that. I believe that would be called theft, by the way. All right. You know what? Let's just watch the video because that's the big news from yesterday and nobody can deny it. Get my earbuds on and we'll have a listen. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. Will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. Is it bad that I heard that trumpet line yesterday when I first uh, saw this and thought that they were getting ready to start playing the Imperial March because that's exactly what I thought when I, when I first heard that. I didn't know it was going to be the presidential march. I actually thought this was going to be the Imperial March. I find your lack of faith disturbing. So yes, Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible, didn't burst into flames, and as I said yesterday, said, I, swell, I solemnly swear to, to uphold, you know, the thing, man, the thing. And we have the 46th president of the United States. According to most people, I know some people are up in arms and saying that he is the 45th president of the United States because Grover Cleveland was counted as, on both of his terms, as different presidents, but he was the same person both times. I don't know. I don't really care. The presidency shouldn't have as much power as it does for anybody. Not Biden, not Trump, definitely not a Bush. Definitely not a fucking Bush. But no, this, this should be a lot more decentralized than it is. And, of course, I've got some thoughts. I, we're going to do across the board on Saturday. So I've got some thoughts as to why he's in the presidency, and I'll put those into my monologue. But for the most part, I think it's mostly due to the fact that he was doing some illegal shit, and he was getting ready to be called to account for it. And a lot of big people, big players in the establishment had their hands in the same cookie jar. It is a big part of the reason that I think Joe Biden is the president right now. Not necessarily because they want him to enact some sinister agenda or anything. I just think that they don't want him to be able to be questioned about it. 
they can sit him in his wheelchair and put the blanket over him. And that's right, Grandpa. No, no, no. We're definitely going to get rid of the commies and all the pinkos. Oh, good, Grandpa. Here, ha have another cookie, Grandpa. And the media will go to sleep. And immediately, Chris Wallace, you know, the guy that talked like this that was debating against Donald Trump, he praised Joe Biden's inauguration speech, and he got torched by people online. And another Fox News host, too. This is from The Blaze. From Carlos Garcia. Fox News host Chris Wallace earned the ire of many on social media and another Fox host after he praised the inauguration speech by Joe Biden on Wednesday at the U.S. Capitol. Wallace made his comments during the cable network's coverage of Inauguration Day after Biden's speech. I think it was a great speech. I've been listening to those inauguration addresses since 1961. John F. Kennedy's Ask Not, Wallace said. Well, I'm sure the sentiment now is, Ask not what you can do for your country. Ask what your country can do for you. I'm pretty sure we've got to that point, especially with the with all the gibs that everybody gives out to that. Hey, I'll give you this uh, little bit of government assistance if you just vote for me. I thought this was the best inaugural address I ever heard, he added. Wallace contrasted Biden's tone with that of the insurrectionist at thugs who assaulted the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Citation needed, please. It was less of an inaugural address and more, uh, more part sermon, part pep talk. Yeah, the fact that they're giving a sermon from the Oval Office just tells you the religiosity that the government has taken over the people. This is not fucking Rome, people. As much as people try to call this the Roman Empire, this is not Rome, and Joseph R. Biden Jr. is not a god. It was a call to our better angels, a call saying, look, we've got tremendous challenges. COVID, the economy, racial injustice, climate change, but there's nothing we can do if we come together, he added. Wallace's comments in favor of unity were met by scorn from many online. Chris Wallace and Fox News just stated that this was the best inaugural speech he'd ever heard. Really? That was from THE Leo Terrell. Bridget Gabrielle said Chris Wallace is fake news. Heck. Well, let's listen, I guess. I thought it was a great speech. Um, I've been listening to these inaugural addresses since 1961. John F. Kennedy asked not. I thought this was the best inaugural address I ever heard. Obviously, a lot of this event today, a lot of the president's speech was, was colored by the emotion of the fact that exactly two weeks ago, 14 days ago, there was a mob of thugs, of insurrectionists, of domestic terrorists, on the inaugural stand and joe biden was saying that democracy prevailed we was able to we were able to get through that and he was talking about how we need to get through that in the future if we are going to be a united country he talked about white supremacy domestic terrorism he said we must confront it we will defeat it my whole soul is in this uniting our people you know, I, I think it was less uh, an inaugural address and more uh, uh, part sermon, part pep talk. talk 
okay, we don't want to listen to uh, Chris Wallace deep throat Joe Biden anymore. So I also want to say thank you to Stephen Ignoramus. Uh, I can see over there on the DLive, he's hosting me over there. So we'll earn a little bit money, uh, more money for DLive here as we figure out whether to go to Trovo or what else to do. I hate to start building on a new platform, but, you know, if we're going to earn money for people who hate us and won't give us any money back, then we got to do what we got to do. But uh, that's Chris Wallace. And, uh, yeah, you, you could tell who what he was. You could tell from the first debate what he was and what he's going to do. All right. From ABC 27, a little bit of bad stuff yesterday from the beginning, before the inauguration. A bomb threat was called into the U.S. Supreme uh, Court. Uh, looks like I've got a no-author-given situation here. This was a developing story. But we'll just read into this briefly. Hours before President-elect Joe Biden prepared to be sworn in as the nation's 46th president, the Supreme Court remains on high alert. Reports of a bomb threat quickly circulating as the building and grounds were swept. At this time, the building is not being evacuated, which is surprising. I think this was bullshit to get people scared. But And I tweeted right out yesterday with the inaugural crowd with the bomb threat into the Supreme Court in spite of the fact that there was no way anybody was getting in or out and it would have had to be an inside job if they were going to try and bomb the Supreme Court. Anybody who tried to do any fucking shit at all whatsoever yesterday should have had a mandatory minimum of four life sentences. Yes, I know. Cruel and unusual punishment. You can't do that to people. Well, here's the reality. For making it a bitch on the rest of America... For giving the government the excuse to expand the Patriot Act. And they were going to do it anyway, but you can't give them the fucking excuse to do it. Anybody who would have tried anything on this inauguration should have had a mandatory minimum of four life sentences. Maybe the death penalty, who knows, but a mandatory minimum of four back-to-back -back life sentences. For giving the government the excuse to expand the fucking Patriot Act. I have no patience for this shit anymore. The government is going to take whatever power they can, and all these people storming the Capitol, whichever side they started from, trying to make us have 25,000 troops out for the inauguration, trying to get us out to the Capitol so we can get shot by National Guard. I have no patience for this shit anymore. The government's trying to expand their power. We don't need to give them a fucking excuse to do it. All right, let's keep going. From the Associated Press, Clyburn, Bush called him a saver, a savior rather, for boosting Biden from Meg Kinnard. Establishment's going to establishment. As they witnessed President Joe Biden take the oath of office on Wednesday, House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn said former Republican President George W. Bush lauded him as a savior for helping Biden to get elected. Well, George W. Bush is a fucking war criminal and an incompetent fucking boob. So, I don't really give a fuck what he has to say, but I figure you guys might. The South Carolina Democrat is largely credited with giving Biden the endorsements he needed to shoot to the top of 2020's large Democratic field and win his party's nomination. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the fact that Pete Buttigieg, who was, for all intents and purposes, leading at the time, and every other Democratic candidate just dropped out at the same time. And, oh, hey, look, now Joe Biden is suddenly ahead of Bernie Sanders. It's weird how that works. Clyburn, on a call with reporters, said Bush told him 
you know, you're the savior because if you had not com uh, nominated Joe Biden, we would not be having this transfer of power today, he said. Adding that Biden was the only Democratic candidate he felt could have defeated President Trump. A large amount of the election being completely above board and nothing bad happening also helped with that. Wink, wink, honk, honk. In a statement issued following Biden's victory, he wrote, Though we have political differences, I know Joe Biden to be a good man, and added, I offered him the same thing I offered Presidents Trump and Obama, my prayers for his success, and my pledge to help him in any way that I can. Bush spokesman Freddie Ford downplayed Clyburn's remarks. Let's not make this into more than it is, he wrote on Twitter, adding that the former president was saying Clyburn helped save Biden's nomination. Nothing biblical here. No, nothing biblical here. Just a deep, deep religious faith in the establishment politics. That's all that it is. All hail the government. All hail the government. All hail the government. So thank you, war criminal Bush, for that. Let's keep going. Lady Gaga's inauguration dress compared to Hunger Games outfit from Jessica Napoli. Lady Gaga sang the national anthem at the inauguration of the 46th President of the United States, Joe Biden, on Wednesday. The 34-year-old Grammy and Oscar winner belted out the iconic song in a blue and red custom Chaparelli hot couture look designed by Daniel Rosenberry. Gaga's outfit also featured the matching gloves, and her jewelry included a large golden dove, brooch to symbolize peace and unity. Many fans on Twitter compared her ball gown and accessories to the costumes worn from the movie franchise The Hunger Games. And if that doesn't worry you, I don't know what will. Yep, the large dove. That's really a mockingjay. Well, I guess since we're going into a depression anyway, I can really say this to you guys. May the odds ever be in your favor. Let's keep going. Biden says Trump left him a very generous letter before departing the White House from Kate Sullivan, Kevin Liptak, and Pamela Brown. The memes that came out of this were hilarious, and it, I'm guessing turned out to be absolutely fucking nothing, but the memes were great. President uh, Joe Biden said Wednesday that former President Donald Trump left him a very generous letter before departing the White House. Biden, speaking from the Resolute Desk in the Oval Office, after signing day one executive orders, said he would not immediately reveal the contents of the letter out of respect for Trump. <laughs> respect for Trump, that's fucking hilarious. Come on, will you shut up, you clown? The president, he, he wrote a very generous letter, Biden told reporters. Because it was private, I, I will not talk about it until I talk to him. But it was it was generous. The senior Trump aide described the letter to a CNN in, or as a personal note that praised for the success of the country and the new administration to care for the country. The aide said writing the letter to Biden was one of the many items on Trump's list in the Oval Office on Tuesday night. It is a modern tradition for outgoing presidents to write their successors a letter and leave it for them on the Resolute Desk in the Oval Office. Trump did not show the note he left for Biden to many of his aides, according to one person. In a briefing Wednesday night, the House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, declined to offer more details on the letter Trump left for Biden. 
telling reporters that, based on comments from Biden, this is a letter that was private. As he said to you all, it was both generous and gracious, and it was just a reflection of him not planning to release the letter unilaterally. While it may seem surprising Trump upheld the tradition when he ignored every other element of the peaceful handoff, it is in keeping with the past enthusiasm at the letter he received from President Barack Obama. Trump was so taken with Obama's letter that he tried phoning him as soon as he read it on Inauguration Day in 2017, but Obama was still flying to Palm Springs on the presidential aircraft and couldn't take the call. Dear Barack, I thought that was splendid. I really wanted to thank you for that. After running me into the ground every chance you got, I would love to thank you for this, this, this kind, kind letter. When one of Obama's aides reached back out to the White House to return the call, the new president's staffer said Trump just wanted to say thank you for the note and wanted Obama to get the message. The men never connected directly. Well, you know, I, 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 I sent the letter, and it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was one of the greatest letters that I wrote, because you know, in all honesty, we, we've got the new incoming president, but you know, the presidency, um, but that, 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 that's still about me. It's, it's all about me. So, we don't know what the letter says yet. I'm pretty sure it's just the Wi-Fi password, but we will see. Let's keep going. From Politico, going into what he did at the beginning of this. Biden kills the Keystone XL permit. Again. From Ben Lefebvre. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. And Lauren Gardner. President-elect Joe Biden formally announced on Wednesday he was revoking a key permit for the proposed Keystone XL pipeline a second time a Democratic administration has scuttled the $8 billion project in less than a decade. You know, after Barack Obama let it go through for most of his presidency and then just scuttled the permit at the very last second. Biden's action was part of a series of executive orders on his first day in office that included revoking permits signed over the past four years that do not serve the U.S. national interest, including revoking the presidential permit granted to the Keystone XL pipeline. Why do we need to have a presidential permit to this? I don't understand why the presidency has that much power. Why does the presidency have that much power? This is between the native nations and the state of Nebraska and the states of North Dakota and South Dakota. That's who this is between, not the federal government. The decision came despite pleas for Biden from multiple Canadian government officials to give them time to make their case for the 1,200-mile pipeline, which they argue has dramatically changed for the better environmentally since it was first proposed in 2008. TC Energy, the pipeline's developer, could decide to challenge Biden's move in court or through the new North American trade deal, which the company did after President Barack Obama first scuttled the pipeline in 2015 over environmental concerns. I think there's a very real question here, said Dan Ustjo, an international trade attorney at Thompson Hine, noting that uh, the project's cross-border connection is already built. Not to mention, and I talked about this yesterday when they first talked about uh, scuttling the thing, I talked about this and mentioned the fact that Biden said he's going to scuttle the project and create union jobs. Meanwhile, and think about the region of the country that you're in. 
the kind of workers that are out there and what they're doing. Ditch diggers, construction workers, pipe fitters, steel workers, those are all union workers generally. So you've scuttled thousands of union jobs in order to create union jobs. I think Biden's an idiot. But the company appeared ready to give up on its years-long effort to build the pipeline, saying, as a result of the expected revocation of the presidential permit, advancement of the project will be suspended, and it canceled plans to raise money to pay for the project. So they're fighting it at this point. Alberta's going to get in on this. Canada's going to get on in on this, which I'm pretty sure... Oh, what the fuck is his name? The Canada guy. I can't think of his name right now. I can see his stupid bearded fucking face, but I can't think of his name right now. Trudeau. That's it. I'm sure that Trudeau will come down and say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I think he'll fight this, but you know, you're a good man, President Trump. Or President Biden. You're a good man. So, hey, you know what? We're just going to let you let you have your way. Hey, can you, can you buy me a smoke? So, we'll see what happens from that. Let's keep going. From the Hill, Biden to rejoin Paris Agreement to revoke the Keystone XL pipeline, which we already talked about the Keystone pipeline, so we'll skip that. But let's talk about the Paris Agreement from Rachel Frazen and Rebecca Biesch. I'm sure that was a hard name to go through in high school, uh, go through with in high school. President-elect Joe Biden on Wednesday will rejoin the Paris Agreement, revoke a permit for the Keystone XL pipeline, and take a slew of other environmental actions after he's sworn in as president. Biden plans to assign two executive orders among the 15 he will issue on his first day in office that will have ramifications for the environment as well as numerous rollbacks put in place by the Trump administration. While one will rejoin the Global Climate Agreement that allows China to pay extra money and still spew all of their toxic bullshit into the air, meanwhile cracking down on countries like the United States and everybody in the European Union. Another directs agencies across the government to reconsider a number of actions taken under the previous administration, sending along a nine-page hit list of Trump-era actions likely to be reversed under the Biden administration. You see... If you legislate shit, then he can't do that. If you rule by executive fiat, then the next guy can come and do this. This was warned about. When President Trump started doing the same thing to everything President Obama did by executive order. And yet he didn't learn a goddamn thing because he turned around and did the same thing. When it comes to climate change, President-elect Biden has made his views abundantly clear. Climate change poses an existential threat, not just to our environment, but to our health, our communities, our national security, as well as our economic well-being, Gina McCarthy, Biden's domestic climate advisor, told reporters on Tuesday. At this moment of profound crisis, we have the opportunity to build a more resilient, sustainable economy, one that will put the United States on an irreversible path to achieve net zero emissions economy-wide by no later than 2050, she added. They always put these weird, weird big years all the way out, way, way, way out in the future. So when we don't hit it, 
They can say, oh, hey, look, this, this administration here, this, they, they fucked it all up. Kick the fucking can down the road. Biden has pledged to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord on his first day in office, part of his commitment to get the U.S. on a path to reach net zero emissions by 2050. In his second order, he aims to halt a number of oil and gas activities, revoking the Keystone XL pipeline set to cross the border with Canada and placing a temporary moratorium on oil and gas leasing activities at the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. The action stopped short of Biden's ultimate goal of halting all new fossil fuel leasing on federal lands and in federal waters, though it's an action he has pledged his administration will take. Get ready, folks. I hope you liked $5 a gallon gas under the transition between W and Obama. I hope you enjoyed that because that's coming back. The order also directs agencies to review boundaries for the Grand Staircase, Escalante, Bears Ears, and Northeast Canyons, and Seamounts Marine National Monument. Trump shrunk the Grand Staircase, Escalante, and Bears Ears National Monuments over objections from environmentalists as well as Native Americans who argued the lands were sacred to their tribes. I still don't understand how the Native American thing works, because that's all supposed to be sovereign land which means the federal government isn't supposed to have any say over it. That's the way I understand sovereign land. Now, if there's something different going on, I should really find out about this, but I understand that to be a sovereign country. So why is the presidency getting involved in it? The Wednesday action will also direct agencies to review standards for vehicles, appliances, and buildings. Get ready for your fridge to be illegal, too. All right, so we will see what happens with that and how many jobs that eliminates here. Let's keep going. From the Daily Wire. Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodges questions about Biden abortion policy. He attends church regularly. Um, Ron, can you take that article and drop that in the Discord, if you could, please? The one that he's got sitting over on the, uh, in the live chat. Thank you. From Ryan Saavedra, new White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki dodged answering questions from the media about President Biden's abortion policy during her first press conference on Wednesday evening by invoking Biden's professed religious uh, beliefs and noting that he attended church before the inauguration. Pasaki made the remarks during the following interaction with Owen Jensen. Let me see if I can grab a video of this. Yes, I can. Go ahead all the way in the back. Yeah, hi, uh, congratulations on your new position. Uh, Owen Jensen with EWTN Global Catholic Network. Two big concerns for pro-life Americans. The Hyde Amendment, which of course uh, keeps taxpayer dollars, as you know, from paying for abortions, Medicaid abortions, and the Mexico City policy which under the previous administration they expanded to keep tax dollars from overseas paying for abortions. So what are President, what is President Biden planning on doing on those two items right now? Uh, well, I think we'll have more to say on the Mexico City policy in the coming days. Um, uh, but I will just take the opportunity to remind all of you that he is a devout Catholic and somebody who attends church regularly. Uh, he started his day attending church with his family this morning, um, but I don't have anything more for you. Go ahead all the way in the back. Yeah, hi, uh... People are concerned about the pro-life position that Biden has. Oh, well, he goes to church. 
And we're going to see a lot of that coming up. I, I've got this feeling that a lot of these press conferences are going to be covered the way that they were under Trump because, hey, you know, Kaylee McKennedy might say something racist. We'll be the first one to report on it when she says something racist. Oh, my God, it's going to be something racist. Oh, my God. Ah. All right, let's keep going. From NBC News. This is fucking disgusting. i just about ready to cancel my Amazon membership over this one. I'm going to hold on to it for just a little bit more, but I'm close at this one. Amazon offers Biden help with COVID-19 vaccine distribution. From Dylan Byers, Amazon has extended an offer to President Joe Biden to assist with the national distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, a move that could expedite the federal effort to combat the pandemic. Dave Clark, the CEO of Amazon's consumer business and one of the company's highest ranking executives, sent a letter to the president shortly after the inauguration on Wednesday. As you begin your work leading the country out of COVID-19 crisis, Amazon stands ready to assist you in reaching your goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in the first 100 days of your administration, he wrote in his letter, a copy of which was obtained by NBC News. We're prepared to leverage our operations, IT, and communications capabilities and expertise to assist your administration's vaccine efforts, Clark wrote. Our scale allows us to make meaningful impact in the fight against COVID-19, and we stand ready to assist you in this effort. Thanks for getting all of our small business competitors out of the way. Here, let's give you a little kickback and some free vaccine distribution. Why don't you pass a few more regulations and get a few more of our competitors out of the fucking way? And Fox News has a rebuttal to this because they're suddenly going to be conservative again. Hey, look, we can be against the current administration. Look, we can get clicks. We can get CNN rage clicks. And the sad part is they probably will. From Fox News, why did Amazon wait until Biden's inauguration to offer help with a vaccine distribution? From Paul Best, choose your provider. None of the above. Fuck you. Shortly after President Joe Biden was sworn into office Wednesday, Amazon congratulated him on his inauguration and offered their extensive resources to help the new administration in its vaccine effort. As you begin your work of leading the country out of the COVID-19 crisis, Amazon stands ready to assist you in reaching your goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in the first 100 days of your uh, administration. Dave Clark, CEO of Amazon's Worldwide Consumer Businesses, wrote in a letter to Biden on Wednesday. I think they're going to start by strapping down chicken farmers in Oklahoma and making them take the shot. Strapped down to a bed. Forced vaccination. We are prepared to leverage our operations, information technology. Yeah, we read this already. Amazon's offer was welcomed by many following a sluggish rollout of the recently approved Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Also, Amazon got in the news and all the progressives that say forced vaccination should be a thing said, oh, cool, I'm going to go buy something extra on Amazon with my government money because I lost my barista job. Amazon did tell Fox News that the company has been in contact with U.S. government officials over the last nine months about the response to COVID-19. An Amazon spokesperson also pointed to a letter that Clark sent to a CDC advisory board on December 16th about the vaccine distribution. The Amazon spokesperson, I missed that paragraph, 
did, he declined to provide an on-the-record explanation for why the company did not offer their assistance to the Trump administration. I know. I know. Because Trump was a big advocate for small business. And he also didn't like Jeff Bezos. The Amazon Post, the worst newspaper in the country, okay? It's the worst. They say the worst things about me. Almost like the, the nasty New York Times. So, for the most part, I think a lot of this is Bezos sucking off the Democratic establishment, wanting to help the Democratic establishment, and especially given the fact that, like I said before, with the shutdowns we saw in Democratic-governed states, they got a lot of small business out of the way for Amazon. A lot of small business got pushed out of the way, pushed under, and Amazon could come in because they're essential. So there's a lot of that one hand washing the other here. Let's keep going. Surgeon General Jerome Adams says Biden transition team asked him to resign from Marina Pitofsky. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, get rid of that, nobody cares, confirmed that the incoming Biden administration requested that he step down ahead of President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration on Wednesday. It's been the honor of my life to serve this nation, and I will do all I can to ensure everyone has equal opportunity to achieve and maintain health, Adams tweeted on Wednesday. Adams, who was confirmed by the Senate to serve as Surgeon General in 2017, reflected on his time in office in a statement on Facebook. He shared that he saw the best of our nation coming together in the worst of times to help those who lost everything after Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria barreled down on our citizens at the start of his tenure. Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, dude wasn't in the news a whole lot, but from what I understand, the dude was at least a pretty good dude. Adams said that amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, he sought to communicate the rapidly evolving science on this deadly adversary and arm people with the knowledge and tools they needed to stay safe. I still don't understand why Ben Carson wasn't the Surgeon General. He's like one of the top surgeons in the country. But I guess they wanted him to be in HUD. Uh, they don't really give any explanation as to why he was asked to step down, but for the most part, I think a lot of this is just, I gotta erase every, every, Hunter, what's my line? Oh, yeah, I gotta erase every trace of Donald Trump from this, from this horrible White House. Did you see some of the tweets out there of people that were like, well, I just breathed six deep breaths and told my husband that looking at the White House now feels like an orgasm after the stench that was coming from it for sick, for four years. If that's what it takes to get you off, you need some serious psychological help. All right, let's keep going. From the Daily Wire. Delayed, Democrats say it may be March before Biden administration considers COVID relief from Emily Zanotti. Oh, we need to get the check out now. Oh my God, the check needs to get out now. People are dying. Oh, hey, Biden wants to wait till March. Oh, that's cool. President Biden called easing the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic an emergency in statements leading up to Wednesday's inauguration, but Democrats told NBC News just hours before Biden took the oath of office that further COVID-19 relief may not come until March. 
Biden rolled out a $1.9 trillion relief plan last Thursday that includes direct aid to both businesses impacted by the coronavirus pandemic and to individual taxpayers who received a $600 stimulus check. The new plan would give Americans an additional $1,400 each, bringing the grand total for the second round of relief to $2,000, an amount Democrats and Republicans both expressed support for back in December. But experts told CBS News on Tuesday that such a massive aid package could take far longer to pass than advertised, particularly given that Biden expects bipartisan support for the relief measure, even if lawmakers agree on $1,400 stimulus payments. The price tag of the relief package called the American Rescue Plan is likely to face pushback from Republican lawmakers who last year resisted Democratic efforts to pass a $2 trillion bill. Height Securities analyst Hunter Hammond expects the ultimate package to be trimmed to $1 trillion from $1.5 trillion. It's, it's just another trillion with a T. What, what's the worst that could happen? The outlet noted, there's also a question as to whether the Senate, now in Democrat hands, will prioritize Biden's agenda or will instead allow it to linger until after they hold former President Donald Trump's impeachment trial. So, yeah, it, it was an emergency up until the point Well, oh shit, now we gotta spend money. What the fuck? All right. We gotta do something here. Delay it. Hey, and maybe the states will let their state soap it back up. And then we won't have to worry about it. People will forget about it. News media, cover for me. Cover. Cover. So we'll see what happens with that. You see that some people are pissed now too that they're talking about $1,400. We said we want $2,000 checks. Where the fuck are you going with $1,400? But, 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 but people, 1400 plus 600 is 2000 No, we want $2,000 checks. All right, let's keep going. From the blaze, city official posts image likening thin blue line flag to Nazi flag on Facebook, but she says her intent wasn't anti-cop. This ought to be interesting. From Dave Urbanski, a city official in central Michigan is under fire over her Facebook post containing an image depicting the pro-police thin blue line flag peeled back to reveal a Nazi flag along with text that reads, reading beneath the lines. That's an old meme, by the way. That's nothing new. Christ, that's been going on since under Obama. Amy Perschbacher Vice Mayor of Mount Pleasant said she removed the post after an outcry over it, adding that her intent was misunderstood and that it was all a big mistake. Basically, I got caught, and now I'm going to try and backpedal that shit. The Morning Sun reported, I was at no time disrespecting law enforcement or military, she told the paper by email. Mm-hmm. I was referring to the attempt where individuals carrying flags of blue line, Confederate, and Nazi symbols attacked our nation's capital and law enforcement, killing one officer. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. Perschbacher told The Morning Sun that her actions were careless. 
I removed the post from my Facebook, and I do hope that you can forgive my careless posting, she noted. The paper said, I allowed my emotions to get the better of me. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Perch a mental health specialist, noted to the Detroit News that she didn't think this through very well. I should have put more context into what I was trying to say. Further explaining her experience watching the Capitol writers, she told the Fox, uh, the news rather, that it struck me as they were wrapping themselves up in a flag which reflects the respect for police. While they were attacking, even killing police, to me, they were using the Blue Lives Matter flag to cover up their hatred. No, you just wanted to call cops Nazis, and you got caught and called out on it, is what happened. Let's keep going from Newsweek. Bill Barr says disputed election precipitated capital riots. Here's a question. Why does anybody give a fuck what Bill Barr has to say anymore? The former AG has linked the violence in the U.S. Capitol with the attacks on the integrity of the U.S. election and said that he was not surprised to see the unrest on January 6th. In his first interview since the insurrection in Washington, D.C., which resulted in five deaths, Barr said the debate about the election's legitimacy was the thing that precipitated the riots on the Hill. I don't think you can count one of those deaths. I really don't. Because from what I understand, the dude tased himself in the nuts and had a heart attack from that. I don't think that was caused by the Capitol riots. I think that was caused by natural selection and basic stupidity. I always, I, I think it's always important to remember most people are exercising the First Amendment rights. He told the British program ITV News. Well, that's British, that's why. But there's a substantial group, obviously, that went far beyond that and broke into the Capitol that tried to interfere with the proceedings, and that's unacceptable. I'm sad to see, but not surprised, in, the kind, in, in a way to see the kind of violence we saw on Capitol Hill. I don't know if I would use the word inevitable, but I think that when you start suppressing free speech, when people lose confidence in the media, and also when they lose faith in the integrity of the elections, you're going to have some people resort to violence. You know, kind of like we saw during the inauguration four years ago. But we don't talk about that, because that's inconvenient. And, honestly, nobody cares. He's just coming out and regurgitating the same thing that the mainstream media has been trying to convince you to believe since the whole fucking thing happened. All right. From the blaze. This is fun. This is fun. I love this. So apparently Antifa just thinks that the whole government is fascist. Antifa rioters break windows at Democrat uh, HQ in Portland. Spray paint, fuck Biden messages. One banner uh, read, we don't want Biden, we want revenge. This is going to be good. From Carlos Garcia. Antifa rioters attacked the headquarters of the Democratic Party in Portland, Oregon, and left anti-Joe Biden messages on the day of his inauguration in Washington, D.C., about 100 protesters dressed, uh, dressed in black marched in a demonstration against the police on Wednesday before vandalizing the Democratic office. 
Is that like all these people do? I've never been to Portland. I've never been west. Well, let me rephrase that. I've been to west of the Mississippi just a little bit. I went down to Phoenix, but that was on a flight. But other than that, for the most part, Fargo is the furthest west that I've got, other than the flight. Is this all that they have to do in Portland? Is just march around like this? Don't some of these dudes have girlfriends? I could think of a much better use of my time. Some protesters were carrying Antifa flags. Coin TV reported that the protesters attacked police after several officers tried to take weapons away from the crowd. The rioters threw objects at the police officers, and they responded by deploying a smoke canister. Other videos from the protests on social media showed the attack as it happened. Some rioters had a difficult time breaking the windows. Because they weigh 75 pounds. Beta, look at that. <laughs> oh, after the fourth try. couldn't break the windows that's still hilarious but what's more hilarious is ted wheeler sitting there thinking honestly unironically oh well we just have to rig the election which didn't happen of course everything was above board wink wink honk honk well we just have to we just have to make this election happen and then antifa will go away because they'll get what they want they'll get rid of donald trump as he says from his posh apartment that he has to move from for the third time because they're burning his fucking building down again. Uh, rioters spray-painted Fuck Biden in the building. The rioting appeared to be planned well in advance, as demonstrated by flyers advertising the event days earlier, and probably something on Facebook or Twitter, but we don't talk about that either, because it's only evil when it happens on Parlor. How fucking beta, though. That's awesome. Another video here. As the price of insurance in Portland goes up. Police said eight people were arrested and the charges ranged from criminal mischief to possession of a destructive device to riot and reckless burning. Well, as I always say, you riot, demonstrate, do whatever you want. 
because you have the freedom of speech, the freedom of assemble, and everything. Just do it over there. It, it, over there. I'm not going to impede your freedom of speech, your freedom to assemble. Just keep it over there. Keep it off my lawn. And we won't have a problem. As the price of insurance goes up in Portland. All right, last one here. Then we'll do a thing that I like. Actually, a couple things that I like, all in the same vein. And then a thing that I hate. And then we'll get on out of here. Because I'm really hungry. From the Hill. Liz Cheney gets a 2022 primary challenger after voting to impeach Trump. After her constituents told her not to. And like I said, yes, you have, in a representative democracy, you do have some autonomy to make decisions on your own. But your voters are going to tell you whether or not they like it. And they are censuring her right now. The censure vote did come in from the Wyoming Republican Party. And now they're so upset with her that they're going to try and put somebody up in her place. From Max Greenwood, Representative Liz Cheney will face a primary challenge in 2022 after voting last week to impeach the former President Trump. Wyoming State Senator Anthony Bouchard announced on Wednesday that he will challenge Cheney for Wyoming's lone House seat, saying that his campaign was spurred on by his opponent's longtime opposition to President Trump and her most recent vote for impeachment. Wyoming taxpayers need a voice in Congress who will stand up to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, not give, uh, not give them cover, Bouchard said in a statement. That's why I'm running for Congress. Cheney, the number three Republican in the House, has faced backlash from within her own party since she joined nine other House Republicans last week in voting to impeach Trump for inciting an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Well, like I said, you're free to do whatever you want to do. You do have full autonomy as a representative. But if your constituents don't like it, you got to go back and answer to them. You were a public servant, not a leader. There's a difference between the two of these things. And if the people of Wyoming are dissatisfied with Liz Cheney's performance, then yes, absolutely. Throw somebody else up there. See if he does any better. Punish her if you don't like what she does. But of course, we have a long two years and all sorts of other things could change too. All right. And that is going to be it for the news. We're gonna do a thing that I like, a thing that I hate and head on out of here. Don't forget you guys, if you are lurking right now, I do write your names down in a notebook. And I give special thanks at the end of Friday's show. So I will thank you personally. You just got to make sure you get at least one message in the live chat today. And I'll write your name down. And tomorrow at this time, we'll be sitting here and saying, thank you, Giles Corey. Thank you, damned man. You guys get it. So we will see that. We'll see you back here tomorrow for that. But let's do a thing I like, a thing that I hate before we get out of here and have some fun with that. So... This video is from Now This, which usually if I'm using Now This, I'm fucking railing against them because I can't stand them. But this was good. Senator Bernie Sanders finds his seat and Senator Cory Booker arrives with girlfriend and Mandalorian star Rosario Dawson. Let's have a look at what this looks like here.
Now, that all seems mostly innocuous, except for the fact that, yeah, Biden's carrying his mail in his hand, which is part of the meme there. But uh, this has spawned a ton of memes off of this. And I got a couple here to go with this. I mean, for all of his faults, and he does have many, Bernie Sanders is probably one of the most memeable politicians there is. So, reading here from India Today, Biden dressed like inauguration is on his to-do list today, but it ain't his whole day. Which, well, there again, he's carrying the mail. So, okay, I've, I've got to, I've got to come to the inauguration, and then I've got to go to the post office, and and then, and then I I need to go get, go and get more tapioca pudding, because because we are out, and I, I like the little beads and the tapioca. And this one. This picture needs to become the new, I, I would prefer not to, stand in. Just an old ancient man sitting out there all alone on Inauguration Day. Piss off on your economic policies, Bernie Sanders, but thank you for the memes. Thank you very much for the memes, Senator Sanders. All right. Now, a thing that I hate, and then we'll head out of here. So the thing that I hate today, this was a screen cap that I uh, snipped and sketched from Twitter about, I want to say, 3 o'clock my time yesterday afternoon, because yesterday was supposed to be about people celebrating, and there are plenty of people that are celebrating Joe Biden's asterisk presidency right now, Instagram is almost completely insufferable at this point with all the e-thoughts out there saying, oh, thank God, nobody's going to come after my womb or my sex work and this and that and the next thing that they're doing here. But even still, in spite of the fact that you've got your asterisk presidency, your temper tantrum has come to fruition, you've changed the document of the White House after burning half the country down, after protesting everywhere, You've got your way, and yet, at 3 o'clock Central Time, 1.18 million tweets are about Donald Trump. This wasn't about getting a Democrat in. And the TDS shows right through, and I tweeted this right out too. I mean, you're supposed to be excited for your asterisk presidency, and yet all you can still talk about is the former Apprentice star and the former Federal Apprentice star. This wasn't about Joe Biden. This was about, we hate Donald Trump because the media told us to. We do need to start getting people into offices with positive ideas, especially in the presidency, because, and I mean, I remember this all the way back from even when I was a kid, when my parents were talking about this and I was first learning about politics under the Clinton administration. Well, we can't vote for Dole because he's evil. Dole, he, Bob Dole, he's so evil because he's a Republican. Yeah, but they're making allegations against Bill Clinton. Well, yeah, but he's better than Bob Dole. We've got to vote for John Kerry because he's better than George W. Bush. Even though he was exactly the fucking same and he was just going to be another fucking war hawk. We've got to vote for Al Gore because he's better than George Bush. He gets money from Halliburton just the same as Dick Cheney does. We've got to vote for Barack Obama because John McCain, he's such a war criminal, he's too old to be president. 
even though at the time he is he was four years younger than Joe Biden is. It's the presidency especially. Now, I've seen some con some congressional seats that have gone to people that actually have some decent ideas. I, I'll give credit where credit's due. But the presidency has become nothing but we have to vote one way because otherwise the other guy might win. And we need to start changing that. We do need to start changing that. You know, giant douche and turd sam sandwich, that was a meme in South Park. But it, it's totally true, especially for the presidency. Every election is going to be between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. And we need to stop that. And I hate the fact that that's the case. I hate the fact that these people are supposed to be celebrating what is supposed to be a great victory for them. Ooh, we got a Democrat and we got a Democrat Senate. And yet all they can talk about is Don Trump. All right, and that's going to be it. So we're going to head on out of here for the day and head on with our days. I'm going to throw myself a nice little bit of scrambled eggs. You guys will probably grab some breakfast and head on out to whatever your days entail. Hopefully it's some good work and start squirreling away some money for the incoming Dempression. Hopefully, you guys can do better from that. I'll be talking a little bit about that in my monologue on Saturday, about some of the preparations that you can do and trying to get another revenue stream, so looking forward to that. Otherwise, I am not going to be doing gaming tonight because I'm going to start setting up the Trovo channel and catch up with my audio platform once again. Plus, I've got to do laundry. I'm wearing my last pair of work uh, set of work clothes right now, so... I got to do that tonight, so no gaming tonight, but look for us on a new channel tomorrow. Details will be in the Discord for the new Trovo. It'll be at the same time tomorrow, 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time for more Contemporary. Until then, I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary.